We are going to uh, continue today in our series on hearing the voice of God. And I, I promised you at the front end of this that this would be participatory, somewhat interactive. We have some things we have not as of yet done, but will. Uh, but one of the things I wanted to do is to have uh, some different folks, you know, who, every week we have our little uh, kind of a, a time at the end of worship where we allow people to share. I know that many of you, not, not everyone, but many of you hear from God regularly. And so, first of all, as, as a body, we want to provide opportunity for that to, to happen and to have place. I, but I also, uh, I've, I've invited some people to, to share with us over the you know, next few weeks for two reasons. The first is this, that you know, we looked at the book of Acts where it, you know, Peter reads from Joel and says, that my spirit will fall on all my people and, and all my people will prophesy. And we, I really believe that any of us who are willing to put forth the effort to listen and pay attention will hear from God and he'll direct our lives. And so I wanted to, to share on that, people to share on that level just to show you that it's not just a select few, that it's actually... And anyone can, can really hear from God and, and, and be led by His Spirit. Second is, uh, I've, I've shared with you before, and kind of maybe a sub-theme of this series, is that hearing the voice of God is, is an art, not a science. And by that I mean that it, it, there's not an exact set of rules and, and regulations to follow, and everyone's process is a little different. And, and I, I just think that's... That's great. I think that's the way God wants all of life to be. We're all, I mean, we're all a little different. Some of you are a lot more different than others, but we're all a little different. And uh, so anyway, you know, just to show that, hey, maybe the way uh, I hear from God is different than the way somebody else does. And, and maybe, maybe some of you actually hear from God and, and really aren't even conscious or aware of that. So anyway, this morning I've asked Sandrine Hosoda to come and share with us a little bit. Sandrine hears from God, oh, pretty regularly, but she also takes time to listen. I'm going to get you a microphone. You can welcome her if you'd like. Golly, be nice, everybody. Can you turn that up? Go ahead. Hi, everybody. Um, it's interesting that... Um, Glenn said that, you know, lots of us don't really think we hear from God because we're not that aware, or maybe because some people who, you know, give words, they seem like they hear God so clearly that we think, oh, that couldn't be me. I couldn't give it with that much confidence, and um, that's why I, for a while, really didn't think I could hear from God, but when I, I kind of honestly just got bored with not hearing from God. I was saying, God, there's got to be more, and um the first thing I did that really helped me was start a journal where I would write out my thoughts and my praying. It was not like I would make a list of prayer requests. I would just, like I'm talking to you guys now, I would just start writing what was on my heart, just whatever came to my mind. And um, it was really interesting, almost unexpected, how quickly I really felt like <coughs> God was talking back to me. I would ask him questions. I really encourage you to ask him questions. It's, it's when you start asking that the answers come. It was as simple as when I had my newborn baby, and I didn't really know much about um, raising kids, and I was reading these parenting books, and they say, you know, how to do certain things, and it just didn't sound right to me. And I'm like, God, you made him. What, 
you know what he needs, what should I do? And because I was writing it down, it's like just boom, like that. My hand's just writing. It's not like it's magic. So don't feel like your pen is going to write automatically. It's still you, you know. <laughs> but just automatically God showed me how it's going to be working for him. And, and I went with it, and it was awesome. And it was easy. And what I learned through just asking God questions whenever I was stumped was that there's like a response. It's request or, or required. You may hear God, but you then have to respond to what you heard. Otherwise, you're not really going to notice if it was him really or if it was just a thought. So I had to put these words that I thought I heard into practice to see if, in, if, if really that was God that gave me that guidance. And then the proof was in the pudding, so to speak. And it encouraged me to ask more and more questions. And God also just showed me how much he cares about these little things. I mean, I, I didn't think, yeah, like he's going to care about how often I feed my baby or whatever, you know, was on my heart. But he really does care. And so as I started asking him questions, he would give me answers. And the other thing that I started practicing with was I would just take things from nature. Because sometimes if I just sit down, I'm like, okay, God, talk to me. It was like picking something out of thin air, and I wouldn't really get anything because I wasn't practiced enough. And I would, so I would take a pine cone, for instance, or I would look at a tree and ask God, what do you want to tell me through this? It's your creation. You've got something that you want to tell me through it. And then again, I would start journaling, and he would show me things. And those were the two first things that really got me rolling. And for, the f for a long time, the only time I could hear him was if I was completely by myself. And it took a long time of just being faithful and practicing until I was able to sit in church and feel, yeah, God, this word is not just for me. This is thing that the whole body would benefit from. So if you do feel like you get a little word or something, just start asking him about it. What do you, what do you want to tell me about this? What does this mean? And is this for me? Or is this also for the rest of the church? And, and then it takes risk. Then you've got to be gutsy and get up there and share it. And I'm quite an introvert, so, you know, you guys could do it too. <laughs> just, just do it, and it's so exciting because God just brings life to it. And also, those of you who have kids, I encourage you to start early with your kids. I have a nine-year-old and a six-year-old, and I, it was on my heart that I would train them while they're young because I had to learn when I was a grown-up, and it just felt hard. And I thought, well, kids are so much more childlike in faith and just here real quick so I started getting books of people who have taught other kids how to hear from God and we practiced together it was like me and them together and it it really brought spiritual intimacy and um, last like a few weeks ago we talked about the whole aspect of risk and my son Ben he got this picture of a campground and the fire and where it's cozy and he wasn't gutsy enough he said yeah I don't know I want to share it but I'm not really I don't want to share it because we encouraged him to it was going to be family Sunday and he didn't want to share it he was a little nervous but I thought it really God reminded me of it today it really ties in that this his word was that the campground and the fire is where it's comfortable and it takes a little bit of stepping out into the dark into the unknown to go discover the farther away things of the whole campground of the forest and seeing the deer and seeing the birds you won't see that if you stay in the camp but that's where it's comfortable and warm and his word was, yeah, we only know this much of what God can say and do and where he can take us. But if we practice and listen and we take that step, it could just be one step out of the light of the fire. And all of a sudden, there's this new experience. And I just felt like God reminded me to share this with you guys, that there's so much more to explore. And most oh, yeah. likely, we won't notice and find out about it unless 
we step out and say, God, speak to me. So that's kind of what I felt he was <laughs> telling me to share with you. That was great. Thank you. Step out. Get out of the campground. Hey, I'll, say, I'll add, if I can, just that uh, this past year we were in a small group with the Hasodas, and the kids were very much a part of that. And very, very regularly, we do, it's somewhat similar to our format here. After worship, we'd kind of say, okay, what's God saying? And, you know, not every week, but like I said, regularly, when the kids would say, well, here's what God showed me. And, wow, it was cool, really great stuff. So men, women, young people, even old people, doesn't matter. God speaks to all of us. Um, so last week, I was gone on vacation. I know, sorry. Pastor Jeff, thank you so much, was with us, and I heard you took very good care of them. Was he good? Uh, today, I'm going to pick up where I left off, because there's no way I could follow what he did. I just, it's not possible. But uh, I was talking to you guys a little bit about processing. Uh, when, when God speaks to us, and we begin to be aware of that, what do we do with that? And again here, I'm going to use the term prophecy as kind of an all-inclusive term for just hearing the voice of God, just to simplify things. So I'll do that. And, and where we were a couple weeks ago when I left you guys uh, was 1 Thessalonians 5. Don't quench the spirit. Don't treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Um, that verse presents attention. And I believe the tension is intentional on the part of God. And, and here's why. I, I believe that God desires relationship with us. And so if we're in this tension, it requires us to communicate, to, to listen, to pay attention. It requires us to be somewhat dependent on Him. I think if there's not, if it's simple and it's formulaic, we, we can, and, and you all know this in other areas of life, you can fall into sort of just a, a formula or a pattern of, of just doing the same thing over and over, and you lose that dimension of relationship. And so I believe that God puts us in that place of tension so often in our Christian experience so that uh, we really are forced to maintain relationship with Him. The tension here is this. On one side is, is sort of the idea that we are not to treat prophecy with contempt, thereby quenching the spirit. And, uh, you know, let's be honest. There are mistakes made in terms of hearing the voice of God. And I want to comment on that for a second. This is a side note, but mistakes are okay. You can't learn anything in life without making a mistake. And so I don't want anybody to be fearful that, oh, I might make a mistake. That's okay. We'll, we'll grow and we'll learn together. That's fine despite the fact that there's mistakes made and despite the fact that sometimes there's not mistakes but outright abuses of the voice of God, prophecy, or something else done in that name, despite those things, we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Scripture tells us, don't treat prophecy with contempt. Uh, don't quench the Spirit. And that's why it says that. Because even at this early stage of, of the church, there were mistakes and abuses, and people would just say, forget it. We don't want any, anything to do with that. And that's, that's something we, we don't want to do. 
But then on the other side of the coin is that we are to test prophecy, that we don't just buy into everything we hear wholesale. And I, and I shared with you a couple weeks back, I think that's a dangerous place to be when we just accept everything at face value, no matter who says what. If it's in the name of God, that's God. I, I think somewhere in between is the reality that we test prophecy, we, we weigh prophecy out, we listen, we hear, we evaluate, and we approach this hopefully in a... Uh, an intelligent and in a wise manner. And, and, and again, here, I'll, I'll just say, you know, uh, as, as a local church, as one expression of what God's doing in his kingdom in the world today, um, th- that's how I want us to approach this. Uh, I, I want us to, to really ev- value the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the movement of the Spirit, the presence of God, the voice of God, to to welcome those things, to invite those things, to desire those things. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that anything goes. Okay? I've seen extremes on both sides, and and neither one to me is very palatable. Okay? I've seen extremes on both sides, and neither one is very palatable. Um, here's, Here's the bottom line for me. Okay? I'll just put it all out there today. I, I've been at this for about 40 years. Uh, I was, when I was a teenager, I was in the tent at Calvary Chapel in the Jesus People Movement. Some of you know what that is referring to, some of you don't, but for those that do, uh, it was a really global move of God where he decided that he wanted to save hippies. Yay, we love hippies. We're equal opportunity church here. And it was tremendous. And I later, years later, had the opportunity to travel around the world with Lonnie Frisbee. And it was as wild as it gets. We were, to be honest, you know, at one point I was involved in the church. We were the big kids on the block. It's where God was moving and what he was doing and where everybody was coming to see what was going on. So I only say that to say that I've seen a lot of stuff. I I won't say I've seen it all because as soon as I say I've seen it all, Something else will happen. But I've seen a lot of stuff. And here's the bottom line. God is God and we are not. So he can do whatever he wants. All right? And if God wants to make people laugh out loud or fall down, he can do that. If God wants to make gold dust or gold teeth or the glory cloud or feathers fall from heaven, he can do that. And if the outcome of that is that people learn to love their enemies, then I say bring it on. If the outcome of all that is that people continue to chase after the next experience with God, then I would say that that's not the kingdom, it's not God, it's not biblical, and I'd rather not be part of it. And I hope that doesn't offend anybody. But if it does, that's really where my heart is. I believe that the, the presence of God's Spirit should cause us to be more Christ-like. End of discussion. If we learn to love our enemies, then that really was, in fact, the Spirit of God. If the result is that it causes us to be focused on more stuff, I just don't see that as being... So here, 
we'll continue today. I, I, I want to give you, I, I'm open for conversation too. If I, if I did rock your boat a little bit, I'd be happy to talk with you anytime. You know my fee. It's the price of an Americano. And uh, I'm cheap. I'm a cheap date. A little Americano. I'm fine with that. Um, I want to give you some criteria by which to evaluate prophecy. We talk about testing a prophecy. Well, how do you do that? What's the test? And, and let me say again, prophecy, the voice of God is an art, not a science. There's no litmus test. There's no acid test. There's no end-all, be-all way to know for sure. But I have a few steps that I think are, are helpful and by and large will help you to weigh something out. Uh, I talked a few weeks ago about revelation, interpretation, application. Weigh something out. What does this mean? How does this work? Uh, can I, I, we had a word this morning. I thought that was a powerful word, by the way. I really felt like that was a word from God, and it was a powerful word. You, really, us, we have an obligation to take that word and weigh it out. What does it mean? What does that mean to me? What, what does, how does that work? How, if we just go, that was nice, and we go home, we forget what she said, it really won't have benefit. I think we have the responsibility as God's people to weigh that out, to consider what was God saying, and how does that affect my life and our church? Uh, so here, here you go. Here's three things. And, and again, these are, this is, this, what I'm going to share with you right now isn't verse by verse in Scripture. This is just after 40 years of doing this, some things that I've come up with that are helpful. I think they're helpful. First one, though, is, is it consistent with the Word of God? Is the Word that was spoken, and here, oh, let me say this. This, again, I'm using prophecy as an all-inclusive term, so, so this process really, to me, is equally beneficial for evaluating what I hear God saying to me directly as it is for what God says to me through one of you, right? So either way, both, both and. They're so cute. Is it consistent with the Word of God? Two things that this will do. You know, and the first probably doesn't apply to most of us, but the first thing it'll do is it weeds out the whack jobs. Okay? Look, let's be honest. Uh, there are people in the world who are charismatic and devious enough to get people to believe whatever they want them to believe for their own benefit. And sometimes they do it in the name of God. And so is it consistent with the Word of God? Really weeds out the Jim Joneses and the David Koreshes and the Tony Alamos and the whack jobs. It just, it, it really does. It just right off the top. You, you, you do away with that and praise God. That's good. Second thing may apply much more so to most of us and that is this. The other thing that it being consistent with the Word of God does is that it helps us begin to distinguish God's voice from our own voice. Now, that may seem weird to you, but let me just say, and I see some of you nodding, and I know those of you that have spent time developing, nurturing that kind of relationship understand that sometimes the voice of God sounds alike me. And sometimes it can be hard to differentiate. Sometimes, sometimes, we want something badly enough in our own lives 
that we might project that onto God and justify it in the name of God. I'm not going to ask if anybody's ever done that, but let me just say, I know you guys wouldn't. Some other Christians out there probably have. You guys know. Um, But that happens. And I think asking is it consistent with the Word of God begins to bring it back down and cause us to really reflect and know this is this is really God, this is not just me. Here's an example. Extreme, I know. But I had a guy tell me, God told him to divorce his wife and marry his younger, hotter secretary who he was already sleeping with. I, I cannot make this stuff up. God told you to do that? Oh, yeah, because I'm not happy and I know God wants me to be happy. No, God didn't tell you that. Sorry. Uh, I'm just going to say, God did not tell you that. That's an extreme example, but there are times in our lives, let me give you another one that may be a little closer to home for some. Anybody who's ever had a, a loved one who's ill, and you pray and pray and pray and ask God to touch and heal that person, I've heard people say that God said you'll get better. I'm not going to say the same way I did the other guy. God didn't say that. I am going to say it might be, it might be that that's your own desire over and above God. It might not be, but I'm just, is it consistent with the Word of God is a great place to begin evaluating Is this from God or is this just me? Second step is, is it confirmed in your own spirit and heart? Now again, it's an art, not a science. No one test proves all. uh, And and it is very possible. It's very possible that God could speak something to you that will uh, unsettle you a little bit and, you you know, might not be confirmed in your own heart and your own spirit immediately. That's possible, but... By and large, usually, usually, even if it's something new, something that you hadn't considered before, there will be a, a sort of a, a sense in your own heart that, wow, that's God. You know, even if it was unexpected. I shared with you a couple weeks back, you know, we were uh, at, at the Anaheim Vineyard in the late 80s during sort of the prophetic influx. And one of the things that happened was we went on a staff retreat. And the staff at the time was about 100 people. So everybody went, all the janitorial staff, maintenance, administrative staff, parking lot guys, everybody, the pastors. We all went away, and a couple of the prophetic guys came and shared with us and prayed for us and ministered to us for several days. And it was really quite profound. It was quite moving. And so uh, we were fairly young, and, and Donna and I were, we waited through two, three days of watching, and we were all in the room, and they would minister to somebody, and then we'd pray for them. It was really special. It was a good time, uh, but we were towards the end of the line, and so finally a guy comes around, and he's going to pray for us. So one of the things that he was doing, by and large, with a lot of people, not everybody, was identifying gifts in their life, would identify the different gifts they had, which was helpful. If you, sometimes you know your gifts, it's confirmation. Sometimes you don't, it helps you. So he gets to me and he said he saw a teaching gift, which was nice. I thought, I liked that. Then he said this. It was weird. He goes, I, uh, I heard a man from beyond the grave. 
and he was preaching from 1 Peter. I said, Lord, that man really knows Peter. The Lord said he ought to. He is Peter. And when he said that, I said, uh, I'm preaching from 1 Peter right now. He goes, oh, I know you are. They all are. I go, they all are? He goes, vineyard pastors, that's God's work for the vineyard right now, 1 Peter. That, I was teaching the high school group. It touched me because, first of all, I had never taught through a book of the Bible straight through in the high school group before that time. I'd always used curriculum taught topical messages. I was praying and saying, what do I do, what do I do? And I felt like Teach First Peter was a new direction for me, so I did it. Uh, I was also questioning whether or not I was really hearing from God really well, so I just thought that was nice. That was nice. Next thing he said was, he goes, there'll be a lot of tears when John kisses this one goodbye. Now, let me, I want to give you a little context, first of all. I was about 30. I'd been a youth pastor for a few years. But I loved what I was doing. I loved what I was doing. I had a very thriving, active group. I had a great, great, great support team. I had an almost unlimited budget. Uh, you know, it was, it was a dream job. And... John had asked me a month prior, hey, I want you to think about what you're going to do next. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, you know, what's the next step in life? I go, there's no next step. This is it. This is what I do. This is, this is, I'm going to do this forever. He goes, well, you can't do this forever. I go, yeah, I can. He goes, well, okay. Um, so that was my frame of mind. So when he said that. But despite all of that, something in my heart just said, wow. Donna, at the same time, saw, or she can tell you later, but a a 20, a big 20, like the 20th Century Fox 20. And um, she thought, well, maybe after we've been here 20 years, which seemed a long ways away at the time, we'll go. Um, Exactly eight years later, after we've been there for 20 years, God sent us out to plant this church. And you know, it was a lot of tears when we woke up and said goodbye. And it was a true word. It was a a word from God. Even though it it rocked my boat, there was confirmation in my own heart. I knew it was God. So I just... Is it confirmed in your own spirit and heart? Third thing, and we'll, we'll wrap up with this, is seek external confirmation. I'll share one more text with you. 1 Corinthians 14, in the chapter that deals with administration of prophecy, two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. Uh, and again, the context of the passage there is not the other prophets weigh carefully what is said, but the others there. That is... Uh, in regard to a word publicly, like we heard this morning, that you weigh that out. But the same thing is applicable when a word's given to us one-on-one. And, and, and that is just simply this. I really think we should never evaluate 
words from God in isolation. I, I really think God's created us as a community of people that are connected and there's purpose in being connected and we really shouldn't do anything in isolation. But when you have a word from God, especially something that's directive, I would strongly, strongly, strongly encourage you to share that with two or three other people whom you respect as, you know, having some level of maturity in their life and ability to help you process. Some of you do this with me. Hey, would you pray for me? This is what I think God's saying. Pray about this and we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's a good thing to do. Do that. Um, seek external confirmation. Rather than saying, see, and again, what this does, it, 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 it's, it's, it's a safety net. It's a measure to help you protect yourself from yourself, okay? You know, I mean, uh, again, look, at when I give you some examples, I want you to understand that those, I'm not saying those things can't happen. I'm just saying sometimes. But it's kind of like the soap bubbles in the sink thing. I had a guy tell me, well, the bubbles in the sink when I was washing the dishes looked like Texas, so I think God's calling us to Texas. <laughs> you know, let's just talk to some folks about that, okay? I'm not saying God can't speak in the soap bubble. I'm just saying, let's pray about that one. You know, it protects you from yourself, all right? That's, that, that's, the, that's the, the idea there. It, so, so again, I'll just, we'll close, but it, it's not foolproof. It's not 100%, but these are things that I have found, you know, over the last 40 years to be uh, helpful in terms of processing what God says both to me directly and through others. Is it consistent with the Word of God? Is it confirmed in my own heart and spirit? And what do others say about it? I'll just, last thing, I mean, when we really did, and I'll share later in a few weeks about what God spoke to us about coming here to plant the church, but one of the things I did was I had three friends who I, I really admire and, and respect their maturity in the Christ, and I went and I said, hey, here's what I believe God's saying. Would you evaluate? Would you think about this? Would you pray about this? And would you let me know what you think? And all three of them got back to me and said, I really think this is Lord. Now, you know, one out of three, two out of three, I'd have been fine. I'm just, it's, again, it's not exactly, but all three of them called me and said, hey, I think that's God. So I just think it helps. It helps us. We're in this together. We're not in it alone. All right? All right. Let's stand. Cindy? I even gave you your microphone back and everything. I'm going to pray and just uh, ask God to minister to us a little bit. We've got a couple minutes. Lord,